Production. Recorded live. Welcome to Evolution Revolution with Dulcinea. Receiving a miracle is an act of generosity that requires one's willingness to embrace the wondrous healing capabilities of the universe and to recognize that it is a divine right to transcend all limitations of this third dimensional world we call Earth. Evolution Revolution is focused on offering the listeners intuitive and balanced information that fosters transformation both personally and globally, ultimately raising the consciousness on planet Earth. I'm a metaphysician, clairvoyant and clairaudient intuitive, writer, public speaker, PR and marketer, personal advisor to visionaries, leader, and spiritual teacher. Please explore more on my website at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Thank you for joining the show this evening, wherever you may be listening. Tonight on Evolution Revolution, I am honored to have an appearance from Dr. Eric Pearl, internationally recognized healer who has appeared on countless television programs in the U.S. and around the world, including The Other Side, Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell and George Norrie, and America's Health Network. Dr. Pearl has spoken by invitation at the United Nations, presented to a full house at Madison, Madison Square Garden, and his seminars have been featured in various publications, including the New York Times. As a doctor, Eric ran a highly successful chiropractic practice for 12 years, until one day when patients began reporting that they felt his hands on them even though he hadn't physically touched them. Patients soon reported receiving miraculous healings from cancers, AIDS-related diseases, epilepsy, chronic fatigue syndrome, multiple sclerosis, and other serious afflictions. All of this occurred when Eric simply held his hands near them, and to this day, it continues. His patients' healings have been documented in six books to date, including Eric's own international bestseller, The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself, soon being published in its 30th language. Based in Los Angeles, Eric elicits great interest from top doctors and medical researchers at hospitals and universities worldwide. These include Jackson Memorial Hospital, UCLA, Cedars-Sinai Medical Center, the VA Hospital, University of Minnesota, University of Miami Medical School, and the University of Arizona, where he addressed physicians at the request of Dr. Andrew Wheel. New research programs are presently underway at multiple facilities with renowned research scientists such as Gary Schwartz, William Tiller, and others. Eric travels the globe extensively throughout the year, bringing the light and information of reconnected healing onto the planet. He teaches individuals how to activate and utilize this new, all-inclusive spectrum of healing frequencies that allows one to completely transcend energy healing and technique to access a level of healing beyond anything anyone has been able to access prior to now. To date, Dr. Pearl has taught over 35,000 reconnective healing practitioners in over 60 countries, initiating a spontaneous generation of healers worldwide. Welcome, Eric. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening. It's quite an honor to have you appear on the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Wonderful. So your personal path that has led you to write your enthralling book, The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself, is distinguished by evidence-based medicine. 
please share your personal healing experiences that integrated with this belief and explain how they have synergized to create your current international service to humanity through the reconnection teachings and literature. Oh, my God. Where did you get that question from? (laughs) (laughs) Highly integrative. We could talk for a few. (laughs) We could, but I'll tell you what. Um, I want my mind to just hear it again. Can you say it? Sure. Okay. Certainly. So your personal path that has led you to write your enthralling book, The Reconnection, is distinguished by evidence-based medicine. Please share your personal healing experiences that integrated with this belief and explain how they have synergized to create your current international service to humanity through your teachings and literature. You know, did you ever sit down in class to take a test and they read the question and you read the question and you're going, how do they want this answered? Uh-huh. Well, I think I think that was sort of like, the, I, I think I was I was given that test when the healings came through and, and now you're giving it to me again. Uh-huh. So let's, let's see. I guess the best way to do this is to start off and give you a little touch of the background. Sure. So um, I was a chiropractor and somewhere in my 12th year in practice, a few strange things happened. A lamp, well, let's try it this way. I was awakened in the middle of the night by a bright light. I opened my eyes to see what it was, and it wasn't anything seemingly spiritual or metaphysical. It was just the lamp next to my bed. It had decided to turn itself on. Now, I had that lamp for a good 10 years, and it hadn't turned itself on any other night, but there it was. And I'm thinking maybe it's some kind of an electrical short, or since it came on instead of off, maybe an electrical long, I don't know. Um, But at the same time, I felt people in my house. So I got up bravely with a a knife, a can of pepper spray, and my Doberman pincher, and I went hunting. And about 20 minutes into things, I realized um, I couldn't really find anyone, yet it still felt very clearly as if someone was there in my home, which is not a feeling I'm used to having. So, you know, I'm not prone to sensing people in my house, but apparently this was quite clear. I didn't know what to do, and after a while, I finally decided to go back to sleep. On that Monday, I went into my office, and seven of my patients, independent of one another, each came to me and said that they felt someone in my um, in, in the room with us when we were working, standing, walking, running, and two of them actually said they felt as if someone was flying around the ceiling. Now, others were saying to me at the same time that they could feel my hands before I touched them. Again, 12 years in practice, no one had ever said anything like this. And so I'm saying to my patients, fine, close your eyes. So they close their eyes, and I hold my hands in different places, and they tell me, you know, right shoulder, left ankle, even though I was a yard or two or three away from them, they could tell me where my hand was aimed towards. So as I'm observing this phenomenon, I find that as this is going on, my palm blisters a couple of times and, and, and well, actually bled once, not like a stigmata, but, you know, more as if you stick it with a accidentally with a needle or a pin, that little bit of blood that comes out, and the next thing I know, people are having healings. They're getting up out of wheelchairs and Vision is returning and hearing, and people are reporting that their cancers have vanished. Not everyone, but a lot of them, enough so that we knew that something real was going on. So where was I and how was this integrating within me? At that point in time, I was simply in sort of a state of awe, awesome observation, you could say. Mm -hmm. And um, while this is happening, 
patients are calling in and they're saying, you know, that their their child with a cerebral palsy can walk and talk, and the 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 the, the, the child with um, epilepsy wasn't having seizures any longer. What did I do? And I said nothing and don't tell anyone, which went over about as big as Nancy Reagan just saying no to drugs. So <laughs> people started coming in from everywhere, going, I'll have what she had, and the next thing we know. People are saying, teach this. And I'm saying, teach it. you got to be crazy. How the heck do I teach it? I'm standing there waving my hands in the air, looking like an idiot. People are having healings. Wave your hands in the air, look like an idiot. See what happens. Let me know. But um, more and more, my patients would say when they got home, they walked into their house and their lamp or TV or stereo started turning itself off and on and off and on. And they felt sensations in their hands. They would hold their hands near someone in their family, and the uncle could suddenly walk again after the stroke, and the grandmother regained her speech. And we found that once you interact with this, you seem to be able to learn how to recognize it, access it, and facilitate healings for others. So now, that's the sort of external version of this. The internal version on there's so many levels in that question i mean on on, on one level i'm i'm i well first of all i'm wondering if i'm really awake quite honestly i i, I you know when i was a young child i had an uh, i remember one time i had a bad dream and i told my mother i said it was a bad dream and i knew i was dreaming but i was still stuck in the dream and my mother said well you know if you have a bad dream and you're aware that you're dreaming and you want to wake up Blink your eyes three times really hard, and on the third time, you know, or blink, blink your eyes three times, and the third time, hold them wide open really hard, and you'll wake up. And, and you know, I tried it, and it worked. So, I, you know, I used that when I was a kid. Who, who would think of something like that? But one day, I'm on my way into the office, short into these healings happening. And you've got to realize now, twice a week, I'm waking up in the middle of the night, and there's a lamp on somewhere that had been turned off. And there's a door open somewhere in my house. And my palms have blistered and bled, and people are having healings. And and I walk out of my door one day, locking the door, getting ready to leave the house to get into the car to go to work. And suddenly I thought to myself, maybe this just feels like it's been going on for a few months. Maybe it's really a dream. And so when no one was looking, I blinked my eyes three times, and the third time I held them open really wide. And I didn't wake up. So if it's a dream, welcome to it. You're in it with me. Ha ah, ha, sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So it's been a very transformative experience for you, and it was basically your own awakening of these energy frequencies and then seeing the result of that around you. Yeah, you could certainly you, you could certainly see that aspect in it at, at the same time. And, of course, you know, so first I'm coming to grips with what's happening, you know, like why is this coming through me of all people you know and 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 I went through so many trips with it because people would you know first I would ask that question which I thought was a very natural question then I find people in the new age field when I asked that telling me that that was a question of ego so then I stopped asking it except I still wanted to know it of course now uh-huh. later later when I when I got past that I realized it wasn't a question of ego at all it was a very natural, normal question. I mean, the fact is, if you slip and fall, you say, why did I fall? It's not ego, you know? So if something wonderful happens, you go, I wonder why this happened. You know, it's it's natural human curiosity. We are so 
filled with ego in the new age world that we uh, that, that people jump into assigning ego to any natural realistic response when when it's really they're so concerned about their own ego that they figure you know they'll put you on an ego trip <laughs> or, <laughs> you know it's it's so common and, and isn't it it's so common i found to interact with people in the healing world because um you overhear com- conversations all the time of people saying well first of all they walk around with such a huge ego and you couldn't have real friends, you know, in a life outside of that metaphysical world if you had a, an ego half that size. And the excuse they use to carry it around is by proclaiming out loud that they don't have it. So their communications go something like this. You have an ego that needs to be worked on. I know this because I have successfully overcome my ego. And my purpose now is to help people like you overcome yours. And it's like, oh, Joe, what the heck is going on here? You know, I, I, we have to realize that 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 our own interactions with our inner selves are our own interactions with our inner selves. And, and to run around and start telling everyone what's going on with their ego certainly doesn't speak very well of our own interaction with our own ego, does it? Very, very true. It's um, externalization from a psychological perspective. <laughs> uh-huh. And, 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 you know, another way this same type of thing manifests is, um, and again, you know, go, go, go to one of those, you know, oh, any of those big conferences where um, all the metaphysical speakers are there and, 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 and listen to the conversation. They're amazing. You'll hear two people saying, well, I worked on John Smith and his energy was so low that I got a headache because I'm such a a sensitive healer. And you'll hear the other one say, yes, I worked on him once too. And and I also got a headache and I had a little bit of a stomachache. And the first one said, yes, well, I too had a stomachache, but I didn't want to tell you because it turned into diarrhea. And the other one said, yes, well, mine did too, and so I didn't want to bring it up. It also made me throw up. And the first one says, yes, but mine was projectile. Who can get sicker? They're actually arguing over who can get sicker because they're attempting to demonstrate and prove their reality, how real of a healer they are to each other Certainly. by pretending right to take on symptoms that either they're thinking to themselves, well, no one would really want to take this on, so if I do take it on, then I must be real. And, of course, we all recognize that they're dying to take it on just so they can get the reward of being perceived as real. And when we truly allow ourselves to be a light, and the light is how we communicate healing, how we remind people that we are each the light, then all that happens in essence when we vibrate at that level of light because we're here in this field is we become a reminder for that other person and somewhere inside of them they go, hey, I remember this. This is me vibrating at my natural level at light and health. I think I'll return to this vibration. And so they do. And anything denser than that vibration, which includes most health challenges, simply falls away. And healing is just that simple. And anything, anything more complicated than that is designed to sell us something. Now, if we are taking something on as the healing facilitator, then the reality of it is 
we're not allowing ourselves to vibrate as that light in the first place because light needs nothing to protect itself from because darkness doesn't exist. If it did, we could sweep it up, put it in a paper bag, and stick it out with the garbage. But darkness is only a place where we have not allowed ourselves to shine as that light yet, and we never will until first we shine the light inside of us before we go trying to shine it on everyone else. I think that's very, very wise advice, and I think it really um, really directs people, including myself, to the book, The Reconnection, because in the book you take such a humble attitude about using the light and being a conduit of the light and transcending technique and limitation and man-made modalities and tapping into universal laws. You know, I speak about my understanding at the time that I write, at the time that I speak, which always grows. It's not sure. necessarily... It's, it's not... It's not humble it's not this it's not that it's just it's just here's what i'm noticing and here's what i'm talking about i i, I don't even know how to phrase it but um but i will tell you you know you you, you want to look at personal growth and, and healings and paths that i've walked down um here's one when these healings started happening i had no idea what was going on now you have to recognize that these healings didn't come in a subtle way This wasn't me resting my hand on someone and they felt warm and relaxed like Reiki or Jirai or Jinchen or Shigong or Mahjong or Beijing or energy healing techniques. This is much more, according to the researchers, than any form of energy healing. It seems to include everything we can access through energy healing and then allows us to simply gently have evolved to a, a much more comprehensive level. So what seems to be happening with the people on the tables, what was happening in the people on the tables in my office and what happens you know, in, in the research centers when they study this is that their fingers and feet start to move, their eyes start to rapidly dart back and forth, the involuntary muscles in their face that they, they couldn't move by intention start moving by themselves. And also, during this point in time, many of them... Um, Gee, they, they, they actually, well, they, they, let's just say a whole lot went on. And I didn't know what was happening. And I figured somebody has to know these things. Who would know? So I, I thought healers would know. Healers would know because these things seem to be happening as healings. So where do you find healers? Well, they advertise in the back of those, you know, the magazines and the bookstores and the health food stores. And uh, so I, you know, flipped through the backs where they had their advertisements and their photographs and you know, there's some unusual-looking people there, to say the least, but um, I, I decided to call the ones who sort of, you know, looked at the most sane, uh, both of them. Mm-hmm. And um, I called the first person. I said, this is what's going on. What do you think? And he said, well, come over and show me. I'll have some friends there. You can demonstrate. So I decided I'm going to go over there and show him. I go over, show him what's happening. I look at him. I'm waiting for the answer, the insight. And he says to me, you're using protection, aren't you? And I thought, you know, that's a little personal. What, what do you mean? Uh-huh. <laughs> he said, well, you have, to, you have to use protection. I said, from what? He said, well, just protect yourself. I said, well, is there something I'm supposed to be afraid of? He said, no, not really, but you should protect yourself. I said, okay, um, how? He said, we'll call in the presence of Mother, Father, God. 
Well, that sounds interesting. I'll call in the presence of Mother, Father, God. So I go back to my office. I'm ready to do a healing session when it suddenly dawns on me that I've got no idea what a Mother, Father, God is supposed to look like. So after a little bit of thought, I decide I'll call in a Mother, God, and a Father, God, and they're both gods. I'll make them really big. And I start doing the healing, and the healing seems to be less. So I go to someone else. Um, I show them what's happening. They say, using protection, aren't you? I said, yes, I'm calling in Mother, Father, God. They said, what about the archangels? Who knew? So you have to call in Michael, Ariel, Gabriel, Raphael. They all go in certain places. I would say, excuse me, Mother, Father, God, could you move a little bit over here so I can fit in an archangel? I got everyone set up around the table where they belong. I did the healing, and the healing seemed to be less. So I go to someone else. They say, call in Jesus. I call in Jesus. I go to someone else. They say, call in Sananda. I said, who's Sananda? He said, it's the star name for Jesus. I said, oh, well, I already have Jesus. They said, well, you need them both. Pretty soon I've got a list of names of entities. I've got no idea who they are. St. Germain and St. This One and St. Francis and then Padre Pio and, you know, the you name it. I've got Fat Buddha, Skinny Buddha, Bloody Mary. i got them all. I can hardly fit into the room. Someone else is saying you got to say a prayer. You have to say the 23rd Psalm, which is no short little ditty. I'm doing all these things, and the healings are, instead of improving, they're decreasing. Finally, someone said to me, well, you know, you need to shake the negative energies off of your hands before you do the work. You have to stage the room, you know, every three times a week, and then you shake the energy off of your hands every time you move up and down the body three times, and you shake the negative energy off into a bowl of water because the water will catch it, but you have to put salt in it because otherwise it will escape. And if some of it could get on you, so you have to spray yourself off with alcohol. And then the bowl of water has to be changed, but you can't change it because you're not supposed to touch it. So three other people have to come over (laughs) and change the water bowls. And every time one takes the dirty water bowl down to the bathroom, the other one comes out with the clean bowl of salt water. They do the clean and dirty dance around each other, dance with the dirty bowl of salt water and everything. And if you think this didn't make my patients nervous, you have another thing coming. (laughs) So the healings are getting less and less and less and less and less. I'm thinking the more things that are that I'm supposed to do that I do, the less the healings are coming through. And suddenly, at a certain point in time, it became clear that everything that I did that was designed to protect myself, every time we do something to protect ourselves, what we're really placing our attention on is fear. Everything comes from either Fear, lack, and limitation are love, prosperity, and abundance. The more protection, we protect ourselves in a white flame, and we feel really good until we find out there's a purple flame. Now we're afraid, how deeply should we bury the flame? Should we bury the flame three feet deep, six feet deep, and then there's a gold flame? We've been working without the gold flame. What might have seeped in without the gold flame? Move your hands in a clockwise circle. They say, turn the chakras in a clockwise direction. So you're standing there over people, making the, getting the chakras to spin in a clockwise direction. Then the very same book tells you that when you work on yourself, visualize the chakras going in a clockwise direction. But suddenly, when you're lying down working on yourself, you're looking up through the chakras. So clockwise becomes counterclockwise. Suddenly you recognize the whole thing is an illusion, one fear based upon creating a larger fear, based upon creating a larger fear. Then they sell you the necklaces, the ones that are supposed to keep the entities off of you in the subways and the ones that are supposed to tune this in, and the ones that are supposed to protect you from electromagnetic frequencies. And then they hire people to sell them, and they give them a percentage of what's sold. And so these people who are getting a percentage of what's sold are now giving their names in the advertisements, saying that these necklaces protect you from this, that, and the other. And guess what? 
none of it's where the answer to healing really lies. The fact is, it's not in a machine and it's not in a protection. Healing is not based from fear, lack, and limitation. It is based in a consciousness of love, prosperity, and abundance, and coming from light. And if we don't think so, well, since I've been teaching this and mouthing it off this strongly for the past, you know, dozen years or so, my plane still flies safely. I think we're all right. I don't think the entities are knocking the plane out of the sky. I think we're okay. And what's happening is we're being given the potential of a larger gift today. And to gain our gifts, the universe is also raising the bar as to the lessons that we learn. So the gift to accessing this grander level of healing is that it allows us to transcend the techniques, the steps, the approaches, the protections. We don't have to worry about moving our hands clockwise. We don't have to put our hands on two different points and collapse a wavelength. We don't have to focus on whether we get the right answer through muscle testing or whether we have to bring in the appropriate color frequency to change something or whether there are 40 strands of DNA or any of those things. We can just simply allow ourselves to become present and listen and observe. We recognize that we are light, and I don't mean it just in that spiritual metaphysical way. We know from the work of Dr. Fritz Popp in Germany and others that the DNA in each of our cells emits a specific level of light. And generally speaking, when our health is diminishing, the light is dimming. And when our health is coming back up, the light is coming back up. And I believe in what I call the one cause theory, which essentially is the degree to which we fall away from perfect health is the degree to which we have temporarily forgotten that we are that light. And all we need to do is remember it. In that remembering, we return to it because we seek our natural level, our natural light vibration. We're in this field. This field, this is like the field that wouldn't die. You know, they used to call it the etheric field, but everyone in science got upset in the 1800s that human beings were believing in something invisible, so they disproved it. Of course, the field existed, so it came back. So in the early 1900s, they disproved it again, and it came back again. But now it's so clearly here that science is using it, so they changed the name from the etheric field to zero-point field, and now everyone just calls it the field, and they wink. We are not just in this field. We are this field. We are blips of information and energy fluctuating and interacting. And so when we step into a space and share it with another person and allow ourselves to listen and feel and access these new frequencies that the universe is offering us, this new spectrum of healing, it simply feels good. And that feeling of good, of joy, of of bliss is a reminder of who we are. And we return to our natural vibration of light and therefore we need no protection because as we allow ourselves to vibrate as light, nothing denser than light can stick to us. And we become a reminder for that person and somewhere inside of them they go, oh, I remember this feeling. This is me vibrating healthy. This is me vibrating as light. I think I'll do it again. 
And as they return to that vibration, anything denser than light, which includes most health challenges, for them too is nothing left to hold on to. So there's no need to sage and there's no need to protect and there's no need to envelop in flames. It simply falls away because there's nothing to hold on to in that light vibration. And you see, anything more complicated than that is designed to sell us something because healing is just that simple. But the teachers today are not necessarily the masters that we have had at various times walking the planet. The teachers tell us to come back and learn more, come back and learn more. Here's a new step. Here's a new complication. Here's how to put your hand on two points and collapse a wavelength. Here's how to change the DNA. Here's how to sweep up the front and down the back. Come back and learn more. Write me another check and come back and learn more again. The masters say, don't come back. Because your mastery is that which is discovered in the silence of your own mind. And we need the room anyway, because there's always the new student as long as there's truth to be taught. Now, the teachers today either don't know this or don't want us to know this, but we can't wait any longer. It's time for us to become the teachers of the teachers. It's time for us to step up into our role as the light. The challenge in that is... We can't keep doing the same old thing. You know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different Mm -hmm. results. We can't continue with the steps and the techniques and the limitations because that's what keeps us limited to energy healing. What I mean by that is everything that we've had here up until now has been energy. This is part of what the researchers are explaining when they say that Once we access the reconnective healing spectrum, we access something that hasn't been on the planet before. It's not just old. It's not of Lemuria or Atlantis. Some things actually are new. Thank God. That's the reason for expansion and evolution. And what happens is it takes us beyond the energy that we've had here. It's a gift for this new time. When I say this new time, I mean because, as we know today, time is expanding. Time is moving faster and in all directions at once. So, of course, you know, we were all raised being told that we were three-dimensional, height, width, and depth. And today we know that what Einstein had been telling us since the 1950s is actually the truth. We're four-dimensional. We are height, width, depth, and time. And in quantum physics, they draw this, or they demonstrate it sort of as a bubble. So imagine... If you're looking at a, a, a giant bathtub with bubbles overflowing, one little bubble, one tiny little bubble, there's our little four-dimensional playground in this huge multidimensional universe. And, and it had a given capacity, a given size. And its capacity has been filled with energy. We've been accessing subsets of energy in energy healing. Again, Reiki, Shigong, EFG, XYZ, one, two, three, mattress this, quantum that. Anything that tells us to breathe it in and blow it out and shake it off and sneeze it off and into a count of four and out to a count of eight. Every time we use a technique, we focus in excellently on one small area or subset of the energy that has been here to the exclusion of the rest of that full complement of energy. Now, we can focus in and master many different subsets, but now we're just mastering or accessing different points 
of the energy that was here. Think of think of our energy healing techniques as training wheels on a bicycle. The fact is there's a value to them, but the value to them truly comes when we remove them and transcend them. I mean, if you have a very small child who wants to climb up onto a very big bicycle, few things are more valuable to you at that moment in time than training wheels that help the child learn to find their sense of balance without physical injury. But at a certain point in time, once they've mastered the bicycle with training wheels, then we, as adults, come in and do the logical thing. We take the training wheels off so that they can then master the bicycle itself. But if we're not around, there's a tendency in a lot of children to go, well, gee, I'm getting better with these training wheels, but I'm afraid to take them off and I'm still wobbly and shaky. Maybe I should get another set. And they'll go down to the training wheel store, you know, and figuratively speaking, of course, and the training wheel person sells training wheels. So they're happy to sell them a second and a third and a fourth set and the 24-karat gold training wheels and the ones that make beeping sounds and mm-hmm. shoot the little light beams out. And one day we'll look out our window, you know, and you see this little child on the bicycle with 12 sets of training wheels. Now, they might even be followed by friends with lots of sets of training wheels because they probably, for $250 over a weekend, taught them how to use the training wheels, gave them a little certificate, and they all have little pink cards with fairies and rainbows on them listing their training wheel techniques. They've all mastered the bicycle with training wheels, but none of them have mastered the bicycle, and none of them ever will, even though they're teaching other people how to ride with training wheels, until the training wheels come off. It's the same thing with our energy healing techniques. They're like training wheels. They give us steps to get closer. If you're standing on one side of the room and I'm on the other, you could offer me a technique. Step halfway, and step halfway again, and step halfway again. And the truth is I get closer, but the illusion is thinking that I'll ever get there. I never will. So at a certain point in time, I'll become frustrated and want another set of training wheels. Step halfway, draw a Japanese symbol in the air. Step halfway, draw a Japanese symbol in the air, spin in a clockwise circle, and put sage in the four corners. And I'll have mastered all my many different healing techniques, my many different training wheels. But I lost the opportunity to truly master the healing itself. It was much earlier on. It came after I stepped halfway once or twice. That was the time for me to say, all right, I've experienced this forward motion. I own this forward motion. Now I will transcend the technique and simply step into where I'm going. And this is either what the teachers don't know or they don't want us to know. But we have to recognize because it is time now we're being given the opportunity by the universe to step into where we're going if we're willing to overcome the judgment of the ego that says, is this better than the other? Because it's never been a question about good, bad, better, or worse. It's been a question about ongoing growth and evolution. It's like stepping up to the next step. The next step doesn't mean better. It just means the next step. If you climb 100 stairs, it doesn't mean that the 100th step is better than the 87th or the 23rd, because if you pull out the 87th of the 23rd, the staircase will collapse. They're all necessary. But for us to evolve, we have to give that right to everyone and everything in the universe itself to fulfill its role. And that means we have to allow that step to be a step. If we move in with a pillow or blanket and love that step too much, so much that we don't continue, our evolution goes on hold. 
But if we're willing to kiss that step, bless that step, thank that step, love that step, but for God's sakes, let it serve its role in the universe too of being a step, then we step up off of it and find that everyone continues in this evolutionary process. I have absolutely no idea whether I answered any of your original question or not. Absolutely, you did in a very uh, integrated fashion. That was fantastic. And I would like to point out that I really appreciate the fact that you present that service in the light is the protection. I, I find myself that to be my own truth, and I find that that is the only way to remove fear from the healing process for my personal experience within right. myself. Right. Our being ourselves, our being the light, our being the truth finds that it's not even a protection because once we are the light, we find that there isn't any darkness and there is nothing to protect ourselves from. It's all been the fear of the illusion, the fear of the unknown, and the reason that it wasn't known was because it didn't exist in the first place except as an opportunity for us to have a lesson. Now, you know, this is a little difficult for some people and very welcoming for others, um, depending on how close they are to, to being at the point in their life where they can evolve beyond their techniques, where they're willing to do so. Um, when we give the healing seminars, and you know, the book, The Reconnection, is in 30 languages so far uh, and growing. We've, we give seminars all around the globe. I'm traveling about 40, 45 weeks every year. Um, as a matter of fact, we'll be doing, um, we'll be having a premiere of something called The Living Matrix, which is a new um, film that's out with Lynn McTaggart and Bruce Lipton and Rupert Sheldrake and, and and others. And we'll be giving this. We'll be well. I'll be a guest there in London on of all days, Friday the thirteenth. So everyone who's afraid of something, you might as well stay home and hide. Um, <laughs> it's March March thirteenth, correct? There, yeah, March thirteenth. Yep, in London. But um, but what I was going to say is, you know, the funny thing is, is once you learn how to do this, you can master this level of healing. And I always tell people right off, you know, I, when I give these seminars, it's usually a Friday night and an all day Saturday and Sunday. The Friday night is when we talk about the history of it, the theory behind it, we talk about the um, the research, and then we bring volunteers up from the audience to um, so we can give them live demonstrations of the healings, and you can actually see it because you know sometimes in the seeing of it is what we need to recognize the reality of it. Saturday and Sunday is a working seminar for you if you want to learn how to do it. And I'll tell you right now: don't come, don't come, don't come to the seminar on the weekend if you think we're all going to hold hands, om, and sing Kumbaya, my Lord, because it won't happen. This is my personality. I don't get prettier. It's a working seminar. There's a stage in the center of the room. There's chairs on one side and massage tables on the other. I'll demonstrate a level of the healing from the front of the room. Then we'll go to the massage tables in groups of two or four, because there's one massage table for every four people. 
and I will walk around each table, and so will the teaching assistants that I've trained, and we will help show you how to feel and find different sensations, and as you discover different sensations, you will see the people's bodies physically responding on the table right in front of you. As you move your hands to a different sensation, you'll see their body movement change. As you move it back and feel something else in, a, in the space around them, you'll see it go back to the first thing or move to another thing. And once you gain the reality of this, by the end of one weekend, not not 12 years, not six weeks, one, because it, it's just an aha. It's not about knowledge. It's about a state of knowingness. Once you access this, you will be able to facilitate any level of healing that I can and any level of healing that any healer on this planet can access, whether they were raised by monks in a cave in a mountaintop in Tibet and fed individual grains of bird seed flown in the beaks of individual birds or whether they work out of a church in Brazil, it makes no difference because all anyone, anyone can be is the light and the essence and the healing itself. We have to stop attempting to do the healing and allow ourselves to become the light and the healing and then just as a candle lights another candle, we light one another and bring ourselves to the next level. That explains how we receive through your unique teaching style versus giving in most traditional energy styles. Well, it it no, we it, it is a giving and a receiving. It's about receiving and we become transformed. It's not giving instead of it's not receiving instead of giving. It's a consciousness of receiving instead of sending. Sending, okay. sending is, is a pushing concept that we tend to have. We have to send the healing. As it's a concept of pushing, it's a concept of separation. We have to get it from here to there. And the, the truth is, when we allow ourselves to simply feel we're listening with a different sense and we become transformed and our very presence is a catalyst that reminds others of who they are and that change comes about. Our healing techniques have been focused on doing. They've been focused on ego. You know, they've been focused on you move this and you change that and you do the other. And then some people will say, well, I've determined this through um, my dousing rod. I've determined this through muscle testing. I've determined this through the pendulum. I felt this or that. But we hear conversations something like this. I came in to work on this person, and, and I saw that their energy was out of balance, and I saw that the purple and the blue and the red and the aura was out of balance, so I removed the red and rebalanced the purple and the green, and, and then I felt the area of density and removed the density, and everything felt flowed freely once again. Aren't I wonderful? Now, the fact is, we're not this foolish when we can really see what we're doing. For instance, if a football player injures his knee, there's pain, there's swelling, there's inflammation, there's color changes. What that pain is, is the knee picking up the body's telephone line, calling up to the brain saying, help, 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 there's damage down here. So the brain says, okay, gotcha. I'm going to send some more blood circulation. There'll be a change in color that's going on. There'll be heat changes. We're going to send fluids down with nutrients to wash out the damaged tissue and help new healthy tissue grow. And we'll also increase the density in that area, and it'll feel a little congested and stiff. 
so that you don't overwork that knee and it can heal. And once this healing process is finished, we'll say goodbye, we'll hang up, thank you very much, and you're finished. That's the intelligence of the universe working through the innate inborn intelligence within each of us. That's intelligence. What's not so intelligent is when we take that same player, we throw them down on a massage table, you know, off the field, and we take some ultrasound and the electrical currents artificially short-circuit the phone call, so the knee is still hollering, help, 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 and the brain hears, so it hangs up, and then we inject it with painkillers and anti-inflammatories, and we send the person out on a playing field with a knee that's not healed, probably balancing itself on an ankle that's not healed from three months ago and working with a shoulder that's not healed from two years ago. And we wonder why our athletes don't have a career after the age of 30. So the point is, once we understand this concept, then we have to ask ourselves this question. Is the intelligence of the universe any less intelligent off of the body than it is in or on the body. In other words, when we step in and we say, well, I see that the purple and the green are out of balance and there's red in the aura and the red doesn't belong here, so I'll remove that and I'll rebalance the other. What makes us think that those changes in color in an aura are serving any less of an intelligent purpose than when the knee turns colors from the injury? And when we move our hands in and we say, well, I feel that lots of things are flowing nicely throughout this person's energy field, except for here over the injured area, it feels more dense. I'll just remove this density. What makes us think that that density is serving any less of a purpose than the congestion or the swelling of the injured knee? In other words, we have to begin to hear what these people are saying, and it helps if we hear it in their own voice. What that person is saying is something along these lines. Thanks a lot, God. You've done a really swell job with, oh, it looks like most of the universe up until now, but clearly you missed these spots. Let me fix them for you. And by the way, here's my pink business card with the rainbows and fairies. Call me anytime I can be of service. Got to go now and tell all my friends. That is not working. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's definitely is it? time for change, and I can definitely agree with you. My own background is Molexel Bio, and then I switched to social psychology um, during my academic years. Mm-hmm. So I had a really strong, strong background myself, and it took my own personal experience of energy frequencies. And I often use the analogy, uh, much like yourself, of Energy is not good or bad. It's just a frequency. And I say like a 20-watt light bulb isn't any better than a 75-watt light bulb. But a 75-watt light bulb is going to vibrate at a certain frequency that includes all other frequencies below it. Right. And that's definitely, I understand, and that's an analogy I use. And I also can relate, while I was reading The Reconnection, I felt extremely validated that you were looking at the bigger spectrum of energy potential available to us than focusing on one frequency and then people trying to make that frequency into steps. And then they take those steps into a meaningless cycle, and we wonder why, as a larger consciousness, we've not evolved at our potential. Well, we're given... It's not that we haven't. It's that we are on the precipice of this evolution now. So the challenge, you know, really the challenge with every gift is not what it looks like. It's simply our ego. Once we understand, as we understand what's going on, then we recognize that we don't have to be doing 
anymore. We can allow ourselves to actually rise above that and become the observer and the observed. And it's like when we do that, the universe displays the beauty of itself before us. It's like being invited into the home of the healing process. And last I checked, when you're invited into someone's home, it's simply not appropriate to rearrange their furniture. It's appropriate <laughs> to observe the beauty with which they displayed the furniture in the first place. And as we enjoy it, we gain. And as we enjoy it, they gain. And we get invited back again and again and again for mutual evolvement and expansion. It's, 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 it's such a simple concept. But the challenge... See, the... the the challenge, the gift, let's say the gift is that this allows us to demystify the healing process. But the challenge, see the challenge is the, the one we would least think would be the challenge. The challenge is whether or not we are willing to allow the healing process to be demystified. Because many of us are gaining or secondary seeming benefit from running around and saying, yes, I muscle tested this, and the universe told me that, and I saw the aura of the other, and you know, I was just at, at one of those, you know, health weekend gathering consciousness things, you know, that they give all around the world, you know, whole earth this and full life that and blah, 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 blah. And I walked around there and I thought, if someone had a camera, this would be frightening. I'm walking past people ear coning themselves, and you know the ear cone shows up all this dirt at the end of it that supposedly comes from your ears, but the truth is, hold the ear cone in the air and you'll get the same dirt. And I'm seeing them sitting with their feet in tubs and the tubs are turning black, but the truth is, the tubs will turn black anyway as the system goes on. And just then I'm sitting around and here's some guy wearing a hat like a tree nymph, sitting on a giant drum banging and singing just, you know, songs that he really shouldn't have been. And as this is happening, you hear boing, 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 and you look up and it looks like tree people who must be eight feet tall bouncing on these oval-shaped shoes that are supposed to, I don't know, spring your way back to health except they're forgetting the lessons that we learned from the 1950s or 60s whenever they had those. Remember the women would stand in the machines with the big belts and it would vibrate your fat away, supposedly? But what it really did was that it shook their organs and intestines so much that they came loose, and later on these people had to have operations to tack them back up. And here are these people doing the same things. And, you know, and, and the people who are in the breathing booths are breathing in and out so much, it's amazing they didn't turn blue and fall over. And it's, can we be real? And the clothes they're wearing, every one of these has to have at least two shops that sell clothes, but they're all tie-dyed chiffon with moon and star earrings and turbans. Can't we go to the Gap and buy a pair of blue jeans? Step into the world, clear away the smoke in the mirrors, and allow ourselves to accept and step into our reality, and we will find that there's more in the reality of today than the performances of yesterday. Very profound. Focusing on the power of the now and the potential available to us in the moment. It's limitless. 
We are speaking with author Dr. Eric Pearl, author of The Reconnection, Heal Others, Heal Yourself. You can find him on the web at www.thereconnection.com. It's in multiple languages. It also includes his seminars and events, the practitioner's directory, news and press, and much more information. Again, that's www.thereconnection.com. So do you consider yourself an activator for humanity? (laughs) No, I consider myself one of many walking mirrors. You're one for me, I'm one for you, and somehow or other we all get to see our hair a different way. (laughs) Beautiful response. I'd also like to let people know if they'd like to connect with Eric, you can reach him at 1-888-ERIC-PEARL or via email at info at thereconnection.com. Each human being is a unique expression of the divine filled with limitless possibilities to transform one's inner and outer experience in the highest expression of the ultimate creator. Embrace the truth of who you are as your own best master, healer, and teacher and align with the infinitely loving universe with the attention of love, gratitude, healing, and focus only on the higher outcome that serves the higher good of all. And of course, expect miracles. Next week on March 5th, Stephen Lewis, a world leader in the field of energetic balancing and quantum mechanics, will offer his timely message of how each of us can be our own enlightened healer in his book, Sanctuary, the Path to Consciousness. On March 12th, we'll have Barbara Marks Hubbard. Coming up on March 19th, we'll have Karen Anderson. On March 26th, Carol Obley. And on April 2nd, Neil Donald Walsh. April 9th, Dr. Amit Goswami. And coming up on April 16th, we'll have Janine Kimmel and Amber Hinton. April 23rd, from the School of Metaphysics, we'll have Dr. Teresa Martin and Dr. Christine Madar. April 30th, we'll have Lee Gerds. And coming up on May 7th, we will have Patricia Bish. May 14th, we'll have Ruth Probst. May 21st, we'll, we'll have some time with Laura Hansen. Coming up on June 4th, we'll speak with Barbara Hanclow. On June 25th, Matt Zoe. And on July 9th, we'll speak once again with Dr. Stephen Farmer. And on September 10th, we will once again have some time with Peggy McCall in her new release. You can purchase all of our author's books featured on Evolution Revolution at www.amazon.com or link up to their individual websites through the Evolution Revolution homepage at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. Please join me in the upcoming weeks on the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution for some exciting guests and uplifting inspiration, which can be further explored under the upcoming guests on the homepage. Additionally, please explore the Evolution Revolution archive shows with inspirational authors that can be found on the Evolution Revolution homepage, the Radio Archives tab, and of course, all episodes are available for free in the iTunes store by searching Evolution Revolution Podcast. The archive shows are available 24 hours a day to listen to and at no charge and include amazing talents such as Dr. Stephen Farmer, Egan Sanders, Arielle Ford, Peggy McCall, Richard Lawrence, Chrissy Blaze, Barbara Marks Hubbard, Robert Schwartz, Gary Zukoff, Neil Donald Walsh, Jeff Brown, Charles Virtue, David Robert Ord, and more. Please share Evolution Revolution with others who may desire to join us in the future for an enlightening experience. 
I'm a metaphysical teacher, healer, and spiritual counselor who offers clairvoyant readings and teleclasses via phone, allowing me to connect with people anywhere. Please visit my website at www.dulcineasdivinevision.com under the Services and Events page. Also, please explore my blog at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.blogspot.com for weekly postings and guest announcements for Evolution Revolution. Co-create with Evolution Revolution. We are seeking partners to help Evolution Revolution evolve and expand to even more people across the globe. If you are interested in partnering and supporting the rapid development of Evolution Revolution, please explore the Evolution Revolution tab at www.evolutionrevolutionradio.com. I look forward to hearing from you about the infinite possibilities to co-create in the highest light and with the grandest intentions. Thank you for joining Evolution Revolution this evening with my honored guest, Dr. Eric Pearl. Thank you, Eric, for your time and your expertise. You bring some great wisdom to the universe at this point in our evolutionary path. Well, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yes, we hope to have you here in the future as your work continues to evolve. Much gratitude to you for listening and supporting the... <coughs> excuse me. the revo- <coughs> I apologize the revolutionary independent production of Evolution Revolution Radio. I wish you all abundant peace, joy, gratitude, and love today and always. Abundant miracles. Good night.